Scorpio. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is a day that anything is possible. He'll take your impossible situation and he'll make it possible every single time. My God is just that good, that great. And he is always fighting for us. He sticks closer than a brother. He is my all in all. Paul said it in the sermon at Mars Hill, I believe it is, in Acts 17, 18, somewhere in there, that in him we move, in him we have our being, in him we breathe. Everything about us is in him. Amen? Amen. Well, it's Thursday. That means Brother Greg Carwell's in the house. How are you doing, Brother Greg? I'm doing just fine, Brother Aaron. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How many times throughout the week when you're listening do you think, man, I wish I was in that room? Pretty much every conversation that you all get in. I mean, I'm thinking, man. I love it. I, I try to text, but there's so you you can't really text what you're trying to, or I can't. I mean, some people might, but I'm driving down the road. I'm trying to text something. I'm missing mailboxes. You know, watch out. So <laughs> it's a struggle, you know. It's oh goodness. Oh, I know you. You um, I see some things in caps. So that's that's when you're really. Yeah. That's when you're. That's that just one? because I've hit the wrong button. That's all. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's honestly. Did I you not have your WD forty yet that morning? You're kind well, of squeaky. No, I just you know whenever you're driving down the road, and most of the time, you know, I'm in the county, so mm-hmm. there's not very many straight roads in the county, and it's hard to text. That's true. Well, you, and I'm not supposed to be texting while I'm driving anyway, so you know, I need to pull over. That's what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's good stuff. I love it. Um, we've had some, we've had some good conversations this week. Did you? Was you able to listen Monday? Did you get to listen Monday when Brother Lance was on? Oh, uh, I missed. I I come in because just at that point where I was at, I uh, I come in on the very end of it, mm-hmm. and wow. I mean, I've I've sensed. I mean, I was just watched the app all day for that to be uploaded. When as soon as it's uploaded, I listened to it and. Uh, yeah, it, it was good. It was really good. And, you know, bringing uh, God's view of us to us to see other people through, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, the way he said it is, is you know, uh, he can bring it out, you know, for people to understand and for mm. people to see it. I mean, you know, I've I've tried to express that in a way but i don't i don't have the the anointing that he has <laughs> you know to, to really bring that out you know but it's uh it, you know these things that we go through you know like the, the day we was talking about uh, uh if god was good wise or evil you know mm-hmm. and that is similar to what i was trying you know it wasn't god that done these bad things it was somebody doing evil to you and uh and you know, but just the way that he expressed it, you know, and the way that he brought it out, bring brought the truth to our eyes to where we could see, you know, yeah. and it was very, uh, I mean, it, <laughs> wow, it, it mm-hmm. was very powerful and, uh, and yeah, it was good. It was really it was good. Great. Yeah. Um, and that's what we need. We, you know, we get caught up in the this is in the that's and the do's and the don'ts, but our focus needs to be on Jesus and uh, and just bringing His glory in, in all things and uh, and when somebody is doing a certain thing, you know, there's a there's something's going on inside of them, 
you know, and that's what Jesus done. He he healed those people. He never he never pointed his finger at them. He healed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, uh, if we can just be more like him, <laughs> more like Jesus. Yeah, give me. Uh, wasn't there an old song? Casting Crowns did something about. Oh, I don't know. Uh, just give me Jesus. Who who did that one? I don't know. I can't remember. No, I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I promised this morning. Um, Lord willing, I'd have as much VBSs together. I know I've been searching, and so um, if I've missed yours, please text me 270-230-6337. Again, 270-230-6337. I'll give you some of them that I have. One Truth Church, which I believe is in Clarkson, Kentucky, July 5th, 6th, 7th, 6 o'clock through 8.30 p.m. Wilson Home, the June 27th through 30th, 6 through 8 p.m. Hudson Community, July 17th through 21, 21st, 6 through 8.30 p.m. Uh, Falls are Rough is a um, Falls are Rough Baptist Church over there in, of course, Falls are Rough. June 10th, 8 o'clock a.m., that's this Saturday. 8 a.m. in the morning. Cool Presbyterian, July 5th through 7th, 6 through 8 p.m. Hardensburg Baptist, July uh, be June 19th through the 23rd, 5 through 8 p.m. And First Baptist, June 12th through 16th, 9 through 12 noon. Those are just a few that I have. And then, of course, Bethel Fellowships will be um, August. We're doing ours in August. Only one I know in August so far. Is fourth, fifth, and sixth. Let me confirm those dates. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. Fourth, fifth, and sixth. So mark your calendars there, and we'll be six through eight on the night, and then ten o'clock through four on the Saturday. So um, let's see here. Making sure I get my R's in there too. Okay. So if you have a church out there and I did not catch your VBS, especially in the Highsville area, Glasgow area, Owensboro area, we want to do that for you. Text me 270-230-6337. If you're from the Owensboro area or your Highsville area and you have VBSs or anything going on in your church, please just say, hey, this is the church. Um, this is the address. Um, and just let us and we'll get that information out for you guys as well. I'm thinking about maybe trying to do something on the app. I don't know if we can do a event for in, each one individually, but I wonder if there's some way. We'll figure this out. We'll have a list. Like, we're going to figure out some way because we want to serve the community. We want to serve the body of Christ. And one of the things that we're passionate about is advancing the kingdom and helping you guys as ministries and as churches get the word out to others what's going on. And we love doing that for you guys. And we wa- we love walking with you guys in the kingdom and um, really leading people to Christ. And so we would love to serve the community in that area. So if your church, again, has a VBS, I did not mention 270-230-6337 is my text number. You can text me in and we'll get that information out there for you all. Uh, June 16th, gospel concert, Friday night. Um, It's on East Main Street, Litchfield, Kentucky, right there on the square. Free admission between the Sicilian Bank and Jack Thomas House. Uh, we got Artists' Eternal Vision, The Rooks, hosted by Darren Whitley and the Edwards family. And Whitley, I don't know why I said Whitley. Whitley. And so um, that's going to be a great night. Gospel music on East Main. I did this last year. Turned out to be a great event. And so make plans to come out. That's June 16th, 
2023, 7 o'clock p.m. And so if you got nothing going on that night, come on out to East Main Street right there between, again, Cillian Bank and Jack Thomas House in Litchfield, Kentucky. A mission is free. Come out and let's worship the Lord together. And then, of course, this Friday and Saturday, just one day away, um, women's conference here, 6 o'clock p.m. Friday night, 4 o'clock p.m. Saturday night. It's going to be awesome. Um, I I can't wait to see what kind of desserts they have left over so I can take them home. Uh, really excited about that. But more than that, I'm excited to see the life's change, the transformation that Jesus is going to bring, and women empowered, energized, released, sent, equipped, and see what comes out of this for the glory of Christ and to build his kingdom. Amen? Amen. And so, again, that's Friday night, Saturday, Friday night, 6 o'clock p.m., Saturday o'clock, Saturday o'clock, Saturday <laughs> night, 4 o'clock p.m., and child care will pre- be provided. Amen? All righty. Uh, Greg's going to uh, – I can't wait to see what Greg says. Greg, you got any announcements over there? Uh, no. <laughs> I love Jesus. That's my announcement. Um he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so, all righty. Well, I think that is about our announcements going on here. And um, we're excited to be with you guys every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. It's such a blessing and an honor that you give us your ear every weekday morning. Um, and so I just, I'm, I'm excited for the presence of the Lord. I'm excited what God's doing in the earth, to be honest with you. It's just, I know he's doing some extraordinary things right now. And the power of God is being poured out, and the Spirit of God is being released over the sons and the daughters. And I cannot wait to see what's happening in this season that we're living in now. And I can't wait for the harvest to start coming in, and for souls to be saved, Jesus to be magnified. And just like we were talking yesterday with a lot of things, um, several controversial issues that we covered yesterday, um, that, well, it's, it's... Am I what is what I'm doing in my life? Is it is it lifting up Jesus? Is it profitable? Is it pointing people to Christ? Like everything that we do should be purposeful to point people to Christ. And if there's something we're doing in our life that would not lead people to Christ but lead them astray, today is the day that we need to repent of that, turn from our sin, turn from our disobedience, turn from our distraction and say yes. And let everything in our life be a pointer to Jesus saying, yes, he's good, he's righteous, he's holy, and the gospel is free. All you must do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you will be saved, the Bible says. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, we are progressing forward. Where are we? We're in John 11. How's that, John? Uh, Greg? We're, how far down do we get? I don't know. We got, we, we're averaging about one and a half verses a day. Uh <laughs> Oh, we're moving on. Yeah, we're doing really well. Well, you you saw us through John chapter ten last week. Um, we we pump through, we power through. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. <clears throat> we did. I don't even know if we went to Judea again. We did the two days longer. Yeah, you did because we did the twelve hours, mm-hmm. and um, after these sayings, that's where we're at. Verse eleven. We're in 1111, because after these sayings, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awake him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. 
And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And so we have kind of a reversal now on some of the disciples' place. But they're, I would say they're really struggling to comprehend at first everything that's going on because he's saying, hey, Lazarus is going to be okay. He's just asleep. And then they go, okay, well, if he's just asleep, let's go wake him up. I mean, it's going to be pretty easy. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. He died. And and then Jesus says this statement that um, I'm, I'm not for sure unless prompted by the Holy Spirit, I would ever tell anybody. So if somebody called me to go pray for somebody and I say, well, I'm going to kind of stay at the house for a couple more days. And when they pass away, I'm going to look at the people that asked me to pray. Well, look, I'm glad that he died uh, or I'm glad that she died because, well, the Lord's trying to make you be able to believe like these are this is probably not something that is in a pastor's handbook of what to say when somebody passes away or what to say whenever you are not able to get there to pray for them or something of that regard. But Jesus is just blowing everything out of the water because this death was for the glory of God. It was for people to to grow in faith. It was for people to learn to grow in the mercy of God. And uh, like we said yesterday, I don't think you're talking to Lazarus a few days after his resurrection and go, oh, man, I bet you regret going through all that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? You know, I, I don't I don't think he had any regrets. And but he's just telling us the, his disciples here. He said, I'm glad for your sakes, because the reason I'm glad is this is going to produce something in you that you will begin to believe as you've never believed before. And it's it's really an amazing story all around. Yeah, but so I was like, man, that must have killed you. Just saying. Sorry, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't resist. I, I apologize. That wasn't. Oh, <laughs> for your sake. Yeah, but but here's the deal is, you know, Jesus, he had it planned from the beginning. You know, he knew his mm-hmm. plan because he had it figured out from the foundation of the earth. And this was part of his plan so that we could see his glory, mm-hmm. you know, and Lazarus had to die so that God's glory would shine through. Now, Jesus, he told him that he was just asleep, but he had to explain to him, explain to them, yes, he is dead, but I'm going to raise him. You know, he is he is asleep. Yeah, but they didn't get it at the time. So he had to lay it out there completely for him. You know, uh, he tried to tell him whether well, he's asleep. We're going to go wake him up, basically. And then they're saying, oh, so, well, he's going to be well. Well, he is dead. We're going to go raise him from the dead. So, you know, for me, if I'm following Jesus, you know, I'm just, and I'm and he says that to me, I'm thinking, well, let's go. I want to see it. <laughs> you know, I'm excited about it. It's like, wow, he's going to raise this man from the dead. He just said that. And why would they not believe him? Because he's done everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, they've seen everything else up to this point. Uh, yeah, let's let's go and and let's let's uh, watch this miracle take place. Yeah. Now, I do love it's Thomas who's called the twin is the one that says to his other disciples, "Let us go also." 
that we may die with him. Because mm-hmm. actually, they're pers- I think they're predicting, because you remember earlier, they go, Jesus, do you sure you sure you want to go back? Because last time you was there, they tried to kill you. Do you remember yeah. that? And so now, though, Thomas, who we call Doubting Thomas because yeah. of his one little weak moment, we <laughs> yeah. define him as Thomas for the rest of his existence. Yeah. And beyond. Well, he says, but "Let he, us." He he says, "Let us go, that we may die with yeah. him." So that's pretty negative. I'm just, you know, that's a well. It's, it's like, the, well, the, they're gonna they're gonna string him up. So let's just go get strung up with I him. I don't know. You know I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think we could take it that way, but I also yeah. think we could take it the other way. Like, he's the one that steps up and say, "Hey, let's go, even okay, if we yeah. die, yeah. even if we die with him, yeah. we're gonna go because he's telling us that Lazarus is gonna be resurrected from the dead." And so, for me, I don't, like... I never thought about it either way. I, I just, think you could take it either way. Yeah. And, I, and if we had Wits Time Machine from Adventures and Odyssey, <laughs> we could go back and see. Yeah. Um, well, and here's what stands out to me. So, the Holy Spirit hasn't been released yet. So, people... These people are still, like, before... You know, this is still before he has paid the price. So it's still carnal-minded. You understand what I'm saying? So God had to physically show them throughout all these scriptures of the Old Testament. We had to physically show them how to live spiritually. You know, so every physical battle that they faced in the Old Testament that we read is for us to learn how to battle spiritually. Mm -hmm. And this is just an extension of this, you know, he's, he has to show them, okay, he's dead. I'm going to bring him to life, you know, because then after they have got all these miracles, then what they know because they've seen, they know that, that Jesus can do this without a, without question. So therefore in order, before the Holy Spirit was released, they had to see to believe basically. Is that, and and then now, now blessed is he the who believes and doesn't see. Mm-hmm. You know, he, 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 I think he says that. I don't know if it's in this book or not, but but anyway, which way this is just a continuation of God's plan for Jesus. You know, to die on the cross because up to that point, people had to see things to believe them. After yeah. that point, the Spirit indwelt them, and. And we had that conversation, whether they's indwelt or whether it just rested on them. But, I, you know, I believe that uh, without faith, you cannot please God. And I, I believe that the Spirit indwells them afterwards. And then at that point, they then you have eyes to see. You have, you know, your spiritual eyes are open when you're born again. I think one of the significant things about this is we saw resurrection in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, like when the prophet went and laid on the boy. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And Elijah. Breathed into him seven times. All right. But it was a miracle of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Well, they all are. They all. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, there's not like, there was no sense that Elijah had authority. Like yeah. Elijah just breathed the breath of God over him. Yeah. God did the work. Every resurrection that we saw in the Old Testament, well, it was. Uh, I don't mean to stop you, but I, I had to because remember what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. He said, "It's not me that's doing it. It's I. Yeah. I only do the things my well, father. Yeah. So even him, it's, it comes from the father. It is. But I think yeah. this one is a little bit different. Okay. Because 
Jesus actually calls him out of the grave. Yeah. And says it by name. Yeah. And it's and I think it's I think this probably this miracle that we're gonna be seeing, and I know we're jumping ahead, is probably the most divine miracle he's ever done. Like and I still think he did as man full of the Holy Spirit, but I think it gave another level. Like he literally called. And Elijah never set called him back from the grave. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. when he laid, or Elisha, which one was it? Uh, I think it was. A, I think it's the first one. I think it's Elijah. Elijah. I think yeah. it's Elijah too. Yeah, With because Elisha's bones were put on somebody. Yeah, and but this one, like Jesus wakes him up. Yeah, like I don't know. There's to me, well, there's something different about this resurrection than any other one in the scripture. What I like about this is this is a representation of me. Uh, you know, this, you know, I was dead. I was dead and I was buried in the grave of my sin, you know, and he called my name because, you know, uh, y'all have heard my part of my testimony. Or I, don't, I don't know if I get it all, but I was not looking for Jesus, you know, but he called my name. Mm-hmm. And then after he called me out of my grave, he said, loose him. Yep. And let him go, and he dropped the grave clothes off of me. So that was all the world that was still stuck to me, and all the things that still being took off today. You know, he that begin a good work will perform until the day of Christ Jesus. That mm-hmm. is taking off your grave clothes, day by day, and walking in a newness of life. Yes, I just can't imagine what Lazarus. You know how, <laughs> I. Just imagine being dead and then brought back to life. Mm-hmm. What what you saw, what what you didn't see, if you could talk about it, because he never talks about it. Yeah, you'd think that'd be the talking point for a while, but we don't know. Well, uh, Joey Joey said it, it was Elijah, First Kings seventeen. I was thinking it was Elijah, but yeah. um, sometimes I get Elijah and Elisha confused. It's a little too E and A's, um, but. I, yeah, I'm with you too. I think it is a, it was a, it was a shadow of what to come with us yes. calling us up at our grave. Sure, yep. I agree with that 100. Um, percent But I, I do think there's something significant about this one. Oh but, yeah, yeah, very significant. He <clears throat> said, "Lazarus, come yeah. forth." If he did have said, "Come forth," everybody would have come out. Of there. And I guess <laughs> outside of Jesus's own resurrection, this is the only resurrection in Jesus's mir- miracle that we have recorded. Is that correct? Or am I what about one? the the girl? That they said was dead. Oh, yeah, Jairus' daughter. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Jairus' yeah. daughter. Um, she would have been. Yeah. So, been Jairus and Lazarus and Jesus' own resurrection, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm and trying me. to think of any more. And me. And a lot more after that. <laughs> he was the he was a yeah. seed put in the ground. Yep. Um, Amen. But it, I don't know. There, there's Resurrection is definitely the uh, pinnacle of miracles <laughs> and see this is what i want to talk about you know we get to live in his resurrection you know if we've been born again then then we have we have the ability to crucify our flesh and walk in the resurrection with him you know this is this did take place back then for us to experience day by day you know uh, like Paul says, I die daily. You know, that's for me. I mean, there's times it's minute by minute for me, you know, uh, and it's, it's, you know, I have to be, it, it's almost like I have to be saved minute by minute, if that makes any, but I just, uh, but we can walk in the newness of Christ if we can just deny ourselves 
and follow him day by day, minute by minute. Sometimes, you know, it, it's we get all these things of this this world, these grave clothes tries to wrap back up around us, mm-hmm. you know, and it tries to bind us. And we just got to keep our focus on the Lord so that we're not like Peter, you know, on the water. And we start focusing on things around and, we, you know, he'll start to sink, you know. But as long as we keep our focus on him, he will reach down and pull us. Mm-hmm. And we can walk in the resurrection with him in the newness of life. And this world, uh, this world ain't so bad when you when you're walking in the shadow of his wings, I guess you can say, in his rest. Mm-hmm. You know, it only comes from him. Well, I think we're continuously to be filled with the Spirit of God every single day. Have to. We, we can't, have to be empowered. Man uh, cannot live by bread alone, <clears throat> but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. Mm. Well, verse 17, John chapter 11. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So Jesus here, he finally gets there. Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days, which is significant because on that fourth day, they are considered um, dead. Like at that point, they're dead. Uh, in the Jewish culture, the first three days, there was not so they were dead, but they weren't dead. And the fourth day, they dead. Like they're dead. So it, <laughs> they give you like a couple of days to wiggle. Yeah. And if you don't wiggle, then they all right. He's, they, he's they, made it. He's they dead. put the rope with the bell through the. Just <laughs> <laughs> make sure he ain't still kicking. Yeah. Oh, Miss Gail gave me another one. The dead boy from the funeral procession. Yeah. Um, by Jesus in Luke seven. That's right. So mm-hmm. now we're at th- now we're at three outside of his own. So let's well, keep it going. There, there are so many. That, you know, that it even says he does, he performed so many miracles that the books couldn't, you know, so. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, this is, these are the ones that's recorded, you know, uh, even the ones that we're forgetting to mention. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the fourth day is significant because the Jewish people, um, the Jewish tradition, let's say it like this, traditionally. Now, I don't know, like, and I would have to study more into this. I think there is, it was a tradition um, the doing <laughs> kid said, "So was that like a three day free trial? <laughs> Getting to stick around." Um, actually, I th- if I'm not mistaken, somebody who's a lot more skilled and precise with Jewish tradition than I am, because I'm not that great at it. Um, their their like soul kind of hovered over their body for the first three days. I guess they're kind of like watching. I don't know what they're doing. Um, but like in that's Jewish- their belief. In, in some, it was yeah. a, it, I don't know if it's everybody's belief. But I'm just saying that's what that you're was, saying. Yeah, that, the in, belief was a Jewish tradition was that their okay. soul would hover over three days, yeah. and then on that fourth day it was kind of like. Well, I tell you what, if mine ever leaves this old thing, buddy, I'm going straight to him. I'm not I, hovering. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hanging around. I don't I'm want no holding here. power. Power yeah. pattern like in the airplane where you just fly in a circle. Yeah. I don't want that. No. Uh, I like Paul's <laughs> philosophy a lot better. To be absent of this body is to be present, present with, with the Lord. Lord. Amen. So that's what I'm signing up for. I don't want no hovering. I'm not yeah. going to look at it no more because, um, you know, I just, I don't know. But yeah, do not resuscitate. <laughs> if I'm if I'm laying there, just let me go. Don't, I'll just don't go on. Yeah. If I, if if that's true for me, just put a sign on my forehead telling my spirit or soul, just yeah. go on, stop looking at me. Yeah. All right, I'm going to just wear that on my T-shirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But on that fourth day, there was a significance. Mm-hmm. So now nobody could sit there and say, oh, Lazarus really wasn't dead. 
Yeah, because he, yeah, and and the thing about it is, Jesus, he said all these things, not one jot or one tittle. I don't know how he says it, but anyway, way will be fulfilled. So every little detail, every I was dotted and every T was crossed before he said it was finished. And this, I believe, what you're talking about, this fourth day, was just part of that making that there's exactly no doubt because he knew exactly, you know, if I did it too early, they're going to say this. Yeah. It has to be at this point. And at this point is when it does. The hour has mm-hmm. come. Yeah. Because yep. I guess the the soul wanted to enter back into the body. I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I'm confused. All I know is yeah. that it was significant with the four day, yeah. fourth day. Now, Jesus' death, there was no question about him being dead because they took the spear and mm-hmm. water and blood came out. So yep. um, Lazarus, we don't have that. We just have Lazarus dying because he was sick. Yeah. And then verse 18, and uh, we'll read this and we've got a break coming up. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha, or Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. And that's where we're going to leave tomorrow tomorrow mary and martha coming i mean people's coming to console them but now we're getting ready to see their interaction with jesus and to be honest with you i think they're upset i think they're disappointed i think they're confused i think they're mad i think that martha probably comes out with a frying pan with her (laughs) apron on in the front waving in the air jesus if you would have been here um and i don't know i don't know if it was anger or if it was just uh mourning if you had been here, Lord, you know, uh, why didn't you come and, and just kind of really hurt? I don't. You don't really see like. Yeah. I don't know. Like. You're going to we're going to see Mary in there with the mourners. Yeah. But mourners were professionals. They were oh, paid yeah. to mourn. Yeah. In the Jewish tradition, they were literally paid to cry. <laughs> um, And so these they were what's mm. they were what considered professional funeral mourners yeah and they would go from funeral to funeral and that was their job is to cry with the people whose family passed away and mary always tend to operate more on the emotional side Mm -hmm. so she was more sensitive we could tell from the worship from the impactfulness of what was going on martha was more of the deterrent determined one so if you ask me i really do think martha probably had more of an edge to her but mary was probably more distraught yeah but they were both saying the same thing yeah because no matter what your emotion is, the heart is still expressing the same thing, just maybe different emotionals, yeah. emotional um, externals. But it's, you know, just from seeing Mary and Martha throughout Scripture, I, I would guess that Martha had an edge to her, kind of a snappiness, um, ten, maybe, you know, more frying pan-ish. <laughs> and Mar- Mary probably had more of a... Kleenex weeping, um, somebody having to hold her up as she yeah. kind of goes out to Jesus. That's just, I don't know, like both of those are ex- probably a little bit exaggerated, but I think that's more of the emotions that they tend to exhibit. Because Martha, during whole Mary's worship thing, she just wanted her to serve. And Mary's at his feet washing his hair. Yeah, so Martha, in in the worldly standard, you know, I'm, I can't say this spiritually, but the worldly standard, Martha is more uh, mature in the world standards, and Mary would be looked at as more immature in world standards. But to the Lord's standards, it's right the opposite, because uh, Mary, you know, she's more spiritual, closer to him spiritually, and wants to be near him, whereas Martha 
is farther away from him because she's got to get things done. Mm-hmm. So the you know in in the worldly view, Martha would be the more mature, and in the spiritual, Mary would be more mature. You know, wanting to be closer to the source, whereas the other one, you know, yeah, the source is good, but I got to get this thing done over here. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's it's just the uh, uh, that's what I see in those two right there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there, I know we got to go to break, but yeah, go to break. Well, I think Mary probably had a little bit more, I don't know how, but I think she had a little bit more discernment because Jesus really didn't rebuke yeah. Martha for serving. And that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I was talking about by spiritual maturity yeah. versus, yeah. uh, sure. the worldly maturity. Um, yeah. That's natural. Natural. Yeah. That's but, what I was talking about. Because there, we all do need to be a Martha at times and we all do need to be a Mary. Yeah. Things got to get done. You the can't. Other. Yes. Yes. Because Jesus's point was while you have me with you, mm-hmm. Mary's doing probably the better thing. Yeah. Because there's going to come a time afterwards, you're going to be more Martha than Mary sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yep. like, I just look at that story and think, like, okay, if Jesus walks in where we can all see him today, and we're all, like, you know, vacuuming, like, cleaning all this stuff, <laughs> I'm dropping my stuff and I, running yeah. to him. I oh, mean, yeah. I, ain't, I ain't continuing to clean while <laughs> he's in there. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, afterwards, the next day after he leaves, oh, yeah, sure, let's get yeah. back to doing it. But Amen. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> What? and it just seemed like a waste to me, like a waste of that precious. Well, it's the, the the it's the focus is off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The focus is off. You know, you get and this is goes back to uh, being focused on the things of the world instead of being focused on Jesus. You know, if our focus was all on Jesus, that dirty floor countertops it wouldn't matter. That you know, it's like you said, you're going to drop it all and run to him because your focus is on him. Well. With Martha, her focus was on the task and the things that needed, you know, and missing the whole point that the source of all of it is sitting right in front of them, but you can't see for the task that she's so focused on. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yep. I have a little bit different view I'll share. Go ahead. After the break. Okay. After the break. Yeah. Um, it It's close, but I, I have a different view on some things. Hey. We'll have a conversation about. That's normal. Two seven. I like it. That's why. I'm, that's why me and Greg like being around each other. It's sharpen the well, iron sharpens iron, and one of us leaves right, and the other one leaves um, even more right. And so two seven zero two five seven. Oh wait, I second. I need to get the actual question out first before I give the number. All right, let's do our trivia question this morning. Uh, Thursday question number one: What New Testament evangelist had four young daughters who were considered prophetists? What New Testament evangelist had four young daughters who were considered prophetess? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All right, we are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. We always have great conversations in between the breaks, and especially when Brother Greg's in the house, we talk about um, everything, and uh, it's always good. We this is the thing this is probably my favorite thing about Greg. Uh he's really my kindred spirit. He's my kindred brother and this is why we love squirrels. We could be talking about something and we're going to end up on the other side of the country in a matter of 3 minutes in a conversation. And that is me. Like that's me on the crossing the T dot the I that's me. And I love that. And so he called me the other day and he said I'm chasing another squirrel. I'm chasing another squirrel. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> you said, I got another squirrel. Is that what you, that's how you said it, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> I had called you to, to discuss this issue, or not an issue, but just uh, this viewpoint. How we can expand the Well, no, 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 that, was, that was the squirrel. That was, a, that that was, was the squirrel. squirrel. Okay, so okay. I called you, we was talking about the Bible. Uh-huh. And I passed an antenna tower. That was the squirrel. Yep. And you called me just as the squirrel run by. And I was like, hey. You <laughs> know, there's, a, there's really a squirrel run by. <laughs> there's not a squirrel, but there's an antenna tower. And I was thinking, how can we boost the signal at BFI and make it to where I can, you know, hear it further? Because there's other radio stations that, that you can hear for, it's like, wherever you're at, you can turn it to that radio station and it's, and it's on, you yep. hear it. And, uh. And I'm thinking, why can't we do that with BFI? And then, so he, you know, so in which way I was, I was on the app, actually. I had to listen to the app because I didn't have service or yep. I couldn't pick it up on the radio. And I was driving by this tower. I don't even know. It's probably a cell phone. I don't even know. But, <laughs> but in which way, just as I was, I was thinking about that, and then Aaron calls me back where I, he missed my call about the Bible question. So we, I don't even know if we talked about the Bible we question. I the Bible question. No, we was talking about, we was talking about the squirrel. We so. got the squirrel. <laughs> yeah. We were skinning the squirrel before we yeah. unpacked the word. All yeah. right, Miss Miss Mary Vincent, and we love Miss Mary Vincent here. She got the answer right to that first trivia question. It was Philip had four young daughters who were called, called prophetess. So congratulations, Miss Mary Vincent, on getting your name in for the drawing. We sure do love Miss Mary and Mr. Ernie. Um, I saw them Sunday night. At Madrid, I was outside on dad duty. I saw them pull into the parking lot, look around, and then I saw them pull out. They was probably thinking, I don't know if we're getting in tonight, Brother Ernie. <laughs> All right. Um, and so, but it was, what a powerful night it was at Madrid Pentecostal Sunday night. Just the outpouring of his spirit, the glory of God manifesting, strong word. And just, um, I was just thankful and honored to be a part, uh, just be able to be there and witness what God did. Amen. Amen. Uh, saw Brother Greg there in the back. You almost got like um, an honorary usher job that night, didn't you? Well, I mean, it was standing room only. And I just was in the corner by the door, so yeah. I guess I guess I did. He was I, an honorary usher. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I was just there. <laughs> I was just there. Oh, all. all right. So let's revisit this. Let's go back to Mary and Martha. Yeah. All right. So I I a hundred percent agree that my personality, who I am, if Jesus walks the door, I'm probably going to drop whatever I do, fall fall in worship. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to say is that I do think everybody's worship looks different. Yeah. And people do worship different. So whereas I may fall on my face, there may be somebody else that don't fall on their face. And that's when Jesus literally walks in the door. Now, here's where I have a little bit differently perspective of it now than I used to, is that I believe we are going to experience a move of God, like 100%. I believe we're already experiencing a move of God. Let me just preface all this to say that yeah. I believe he's already poured his spirit out on, on sons and daughters. But I think it's going to come in a greater measure. I think we're going to see the harvest come in. I think we're going to see God do some amazing things. And I think it's important to note this. There's going to be times to worship in the midst of his presence And then there's also times to serve in the midst of his presence. Because I don't think Martha in Luke 10 or John chapter 12, either one that kind of says what's going on here, Jesus really don't rebuke her for serving. Like there is one word I think in Luke 10 that she's kind of distracted by the anxiety and the worry, like trying to get everything done. 
but he never actually rebukes her for serving. He re, he really rebukes her for going after Mary. Well, and the thing about worshiping. it is, the only people that Jesus rebuked were the ones who claimed to be of God and they're not. Yep. Just saying. You know, so, you know, even the woman at the well, he didn't rebuke her. I mean, he said, hey, you've said right. You've had five husbands and one you're with now. You know, go, uh, uh, you know, and, and again, he's he's he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but through him, the world could be saved. Mm-hmm. So as far as, you know, I, I see what you're saying. He didn't say, Martha, would you just stop and get over here? He didn't say that. You know, he didn't tell her to stop doing no. that. But what he did say, he said, listen, your focus is is. You're missing, you know, yeah. you're missing the big picture here with your focus. You you're know, distracted. He, yeah, he did. He yeah, but he didn't say, I'm with you on that. He didn't say that, but because he didn't come here to condemn us from what he's come here that through him we may be saved. Mm-hmm. So how he does that is through love, and he just points out where we're, uh, you know, where yeah. where we're met our focus is. And, and he tells her, like, you're full of this anxiety and trouble. Mm-hmm. Because she's trying to make sure everything gets done. Yep. But he still never tells her to sit down. Like right. he he doesn't like he's saying Mary's chose chose this, and it won't be taken away from her. Basically saying I'm not going to make her stop doing this. Yeah. But he also never tells her I'm going to make you stop doing because I think there's probably an aspect of Martha that Martha serving is worship. Mm-hmm. It is this thing where she loves to worship through serving. Yeah. And I think that's where different personalities, different giftings, different things. Um, there's some people that love hospitality yeah. and they believe they're worshiping God through their hospitality to others. And I think we have to be uh, a agree. little bit cognitive of the fact yeah. that everybody's worship looks different. Um, you know, people I'm sure. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. My wife, she is a tornado. Yep. I mean, she don't stop man. she's constantly going and And, uh, we've even, <laughs> we've uh, around the camp, uh, ground, we was talking and she's the Martha you know, as what, <laughs> and uh, but does she feel like that's an almost an act of worship to the Lord? Well, you just have to talked to her about that. Well, I, I'd I love to. I don't speak for her. I just, uh, but she, uh, but yeah, she loves to serve and she stays busy. You yeah. know, uh, I think and, it's all about your motivation because yeah. I know, you know, I'm not naturally a Martha. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not naturally like someone who loves hospitality. Mm-hmm. But I know that there are people who do. <clears throat> but I've also met people who, who they're gifted with hospitality, yeah. but they don't do it for the right motivation. So I've met a lot of people who they're good at, at serving, but they're doing it in order they're expecting something in return for mm-hmm. it. I don't think so, Brittany, I don't, uh, she's not doing it expecting something in return. I feel like she if just you're a child it. of the Lord, yeah. she just loves to serve. And you're yeah. doing everything you do unto the Lord. But I feel like in that moment, like, Martha wasn't completely focused on Jesus. Like, she could have been serving and still had her full focus on what Jesus was mm-hmm. saying or, like, yeah. just, yeah. you know, keep gazing upon him like, wow, I'm washing this table, but, man, he's beautiful. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's like the focus. In it, well, I think. I think that's it. But I don't want to ever rebuke the service. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's where people do with Martha. Sometimes they say Martha was wrong. I think Martha was wrong because she had anxiety and worry. Yeah. And she was yeah. distracted by that. But I don't think she was wrong because um, I had a person one time when I was really young. And, and I said this one time, and actually, it was actually Brother Ron. He asked me this question on the air, and I didn't have much of a response. I said, I'm just hungry for a move of God where everybody falls on the floor all day long and just worships and seeks his face. 
And he just looks at me and he said, oh, that's that sounds awesome. But what about the kids? <laughs> Who takes care of them? And I said, um, well, they'll just fall on the floor with us. I didn't have kids back then, of course. <laughs> All right. And 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 after the broadcast, he, me and him have a conversation. And I was really young at that point. Like, it mm-hmm. was probably years before I actually even came here. Yeah. And um, I had a lot of development to do. And... Um, he just we just talked afterwards and he said that he's basically the one that pointed out he said there's always a practicality to the move of the lord there's always this behind the scenes there's always these things even in the temple life even yeah. in all that there was always these things that were being taken care of and th- and what i've learned over the years from that conversation and even being behind the scenes in a lot of stuff is there's worship even in the service yeah. and we can't make just worship um like I think this is what we, we try to define and limit what worship looks like. But worship yeah, is such a I, big thing. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. And I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. And and I guess I guess my perspective come from whatever he, he said was talking about her worry. Mm-hmm. You know, and her and I think her, that's where it's at in her. I think yeah, that's where she failed. Yeah, and that and again it's it's uh the uh like you said, things gotta get done, you know, and they don't just Things don't clean themselves, and food doesn't cook itself. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, things have to be prepared. It has to be done. And the diaper don't change itself. And the diapers do not change itself. And I'm sure itself. that if we sit there and prayed all day long, well, some people would say, well, the, the baby just wouldn't go to the bathroom. Well, that's really unhealthy then. Yeah. All right? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's always this thing. Yeah. And, I, and I was thankful that that was brought out to me because I needed to learn that there's many types of worship. There's mm-hmm. many. And... You know, when I clean the toilet on Sunday morning when it's not clean before service and I go in there, sometimes it's frustrating. And then sometimes I'm sitting there lifting my hand worshiping while I clean the toilet. I toilet brush hand, toilet <laughs> brush in one hand and the hand up in the air in the other one. Yeah. Why? Because everything we do should be worship to the Father. And I think that's what Paul's trying to get us to. Whatever we do, do it for the glory of God saying, yeah. I'm going to do it in honor of who he is in hopes that this will point somebody to him. And it's going to be an expression of how much I love him. Yeah. Whether that's cleaning the toilets, whether that's falling on our faces if we're dead, whether that's lifting our hands in a song or if we are painting a building, like whatever it is, or we're going to go be the doctor that God called us to be or be the lawyer that God's called us to be. Wherever we're at, whatever we are doing, we should learn that that is worship and it's an act of service to the Lord and we should be glorifying God with not just our words and our deeds on Sunday morning, but on Tuesday evening, on Thursday morning, on Saturday afternoon, every second every second of every day, we should think of our life as a worship and everything being done either in word or deed should be done to the glory of God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say... Um... Yeah, I think it's just all about our attitude with anything we do. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, somebody could go sit at Jesus' feet but not have the right attitude. And they're just sitting there and taking up space, but they're not really <laughs> yeah. they're not really actually, like, worshiping him. They might just be having the wrong attitude, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Just wanting to be thing, first in line. Yeah, but the yeah. same thing with serving is, like, we can be ser- we can be scrubbing toilets, but we can be stewing in anger the whole time while we're scrubbing the toilet. Like yep. I yeah. think it's all about intention. It's all about our intention. It's all about our heart. Because if we're giving cheerfully, if we're giving our offering cheerfully, or if we're scrubbing the toilet cheerfully, or cleaning cheerfully and with a good heart, then that is worship. But if mm-hmm. we're doing it and we're you know we're 
having all those other things that Jesus rebuked. I think that's the difference. And that's that goes back to, I mean, you're going to hear me say this. I'm like a broken record. Our focus needs to be on Christ in all that we do. You know, our center focus should be Christ-centered in, in all that we do. You know, whether we're doing all the things you all talked about or 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 whatever, you know. Uh, or inspecting people electrical. Yeah, either which way. I love you, know, you and Jesus loves you, but you <laughs> failed. <laughs> but God's full of grace and no, so am I. So no. let's fix this together. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, honestly, you know, it, uh, of course I know that's just a joke, but that is that is how I look at things. You Come know, on. whenever I'm inspecting, and a lot of it, you know, uh, uh, the homeowners, they're just trying to fix the problem that they have they're not electricians they're not this they're not that but they're doing all they can do well they may not get it just right so i don't just you know i could easily just put a fail sticker not you need to fix that and call me back because a lot of them do Mm -hmm. you know but i don't do that you know i'm like okay a lot i don't know how many times i'm probably gonna get myself in trouble but (laughs) because i'm not supposed to do this but i'll have a part on a truck you know and i'll just take it out there and, and we'll get it straightened out give them a sticker and we move on you know mm-hmm. and uh and i believe that's jesus in me you know yeah. it's not the things that i do but it's the view that i have through him or that he has through me or however that works whatever he's done in me that makes me see that that way sure. you know it's because of him uh and and all these things that we do whether we're servant or we're worshiping or we're uh serving while worshiping, you know, because uh, I'm I am not the server type. Yeah, you know, I'm the first one in line with my plate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm at. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. That's I, why you're always first in line for me. I'm now. just telling you. Uh, you know, I'm just. You know, I'm not. I uh, I like to cook steak on the grill. I'm not a cook. Uh, I don't have the patience for cooking. Uh, you know, it just. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't. I guess you could say I don't have a serving heart, you know, as far as that goes. Uh, but uh, you know, my wife is just the opposite, and uh, she has that serving heart. And I guess you know, for both of us, we we got to keep our focus on the Lord because I can get focused on my belly and want to be first in line, yeah. and she can be far, focused on the food and making sure it's just right. And we both miss the whole situation, you know, because we've not focused on Christ. Yeah. I so. could I could relate to that because I, I think, you know, if the Lord called you to serve or the Lord called oh, you, without you're going to do it without, without question. question. But I think what you're saying is like it doesn't come naturally to you. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it doesn't always come naturally to me either. I think there are certain people that are so gifted. They just even if they weren't a Christian, I feel like it would come naturally to yeah. them. Like they were just born that way, you know, and it's like. Sometimes the temptation is like, oh, we'll just let them do it. (laughs) They're good at it. But I do believe, like, there's, you know, Jesus was a servant. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it wasn't always easy for him to serve, or I'm I'm sure he didn't always want to. And that's how I feel. Like, a lot of times it doesn't come naturally to me, and I don't want to. (laughs) But I think he wants us to, if he's calling us to do it, he wants to teach us how to serve. So what I, you know... Some people, you know, like my wife, she would be a, a server. I got her serving hot. For me, I'm a giver. Like, I would give everything to somebody. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, without, that's that's my heart, is to whatever I have, if you need it, it's yours. Yeah. You know, I'm uh, nothing of me, I wasn't always that way, but that's where he's, you know, it's just, uh, 
he's put that in me, you know, sure. and uh, and we all make up the body. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have a part of one body. So everybody can't be the same. Yeah. We all it, we all have our place where it is that we yeah. where we fit. <clears throat> Pastor Billy says, I think we can worship with our hands and feet. Whatever we do is unto the Lord. That is so true. Amen, Here's one thing. We'll we'll probably finish it. We'll probably continue this conversation a little bit afterwards because I think it's good. I think we I think we have to be careful how much we compart, car, compartmentalize. Yeah, there we go. I don't um, even know what that means. What we're talking about. And what I mean by that is this is, well, that's service. That's worship. That's this. Oh, that's yeah. that. Everything in our Label. life is worship. Mm-hmm. And everything in our life is whether it's how we treat our spouse, how we father or mother, how we clean the toilets or how we lift our hands in worship or how we sing or what we watch or what we eat. Everything should be thought of as worship unto the Lord because he's worthy. And so when I see the 24, the elders who fall, throw their crowns down. So they're just throwing them down. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I see that as everything I have, everything that who who's you created me to be. All authority, all power, all possessions, they're at your feet. I lay them down, and I'm going to give myself wholly to who you are. That's worship. And so what I do on when we have an elders meeting, like discussing business or discussing decisions, that's worship. If me and you are chasing squirrels with a radio <laughs> antenna, why are we doing that? Because yeah. we want to honor God with everything that we yep. have. And if we can expand the kingdom because he's worthy of it, that's an act of worship. Amen. If you're drinking your WD-40 in the morning, that somehow has got to be an act I'm of worship. I'm not drinking WD-40, uh, listeners. This is coffee and a WD-40 uh, this guy's can. It's, but Just don't drink WD-40. <laughs> that's, is that a PSA, PSA the per- public service announcement? Um yeah. <laughs> But I think sometimes we fall guilty. Oh, that's service. Oh, that's worship. Oh, that's this. Oh, that's that. And I think we got to be careful of that because I think everything we do, because if I'm out there on the tractor bush hogging, I think of it as worship unto the Lord because I'm serving him. Well, and and see, whenever I'm inspecting all day in that truck, I'm, I, it's it's me and him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's to me, it, my job is a blessing that uh, just the fact the, the the time that I get with him mm-hmm. you know with uh with without distractions without this you know uh you know me and my wife has talked about it she said well you stay home with the kids and I'll go drive the truck while you know so I yeah. you know and I, and I can just imagine you know these kids run mom 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 it's sure. like I'm changing my name you know yep. <laughs> I, I could just, you know I'm and and uh, so, name. That's good. yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I can just, I can just imagine, you know, how, uh, and just like before I think back to my previous jobs and the jobs that I've had throughout my life and so many distractions, there's no way that I could focus on the Lord and have communion with the Lord every day the way that I do now. And it's all because of him, mm-hmm. you know, he's brought me to this, he's given me this job, he's, he's got me to this point. And and I don't want it to be for nothing. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, we got to take a hard break. We'll come back. We're going to continue this discussion later after the break because, you know, we we make the super spiritual places of giftings, the hierarchy. But sometimes it's, you know, a preacher can't preach the gospel in a church service and and see people saved if the sound guy's not doing his job. 
Yeah. And if the sound guy's not operating in worship, it actually hinders the worship of others too. Yeah. All everything's important. Like everything's important. Everybody needs to focus on and, Jesus. And so all right, we're gonna take a break. Let me read the first second trivia question of the morning. Um Thursday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Surveying. What king of Moab was famous as a sheep farmer? What king of Moab was famous as a sheep farmer? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. And we don't have an answer for the trivia question yet, but we do have, uh, let's see here. I'll read it again. Get your name in for the drawing this week. What king of Moab was famous as a sheep farmer? Amen. That's a good one. It's a little tricky. Uh, Miss Gail says that Brother Greg, someone has to get the line started. Yeah. So that is your act of worship. You're getting the line started. All for the glory of God and the fulfillment of your as belly. Follow me as I chase the food. <laughs> follow me <laughs> as I follow food. All right. <laughs> now, All right. It's, uh, that's something, you know, when we have get-togethers or what have you, uh, like at the campground or even at our at our church over there. I'm I'm usually up around the front of the line unless I get caught talking or something. So I love it. <laughs> I don't actually think or know if this is actually accurate to this verse, but anytime there would be something like that when we were kids and we would want to be the first one to mm-hmm. do something or like me, me first. Yeah. Oh yeah. My grandma would always say the first will be last, and the last yep. will be first. Yep. I don't know if that's like yep. accurate to that verse, or yep. but she would always say that. That's I, good. I'm that, like, is she saying in the kingdom? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit more about this worship thing uh, because I've enjoyed this conversation, and I think it's good for people to remember because sometimes I feel like people who are more geared to to like more servanthood feels like they're not worshiping like i feel like they think well i'm so busy and the the people out there really are worshiping but like i've been sound guys in churches where that's my that's my that's what i do like i'm not preaching i'm not doing anything i'm just doing sound and if i'm in a service like that i need to give that i need to i need to love the lord through me doing sound and what i mean by that is i need to give it everything I have because I'm literally creating an atmosphere and an easiness for people to hear worship music, to hear the preacher. So they may worship the Lord. And in that act, I'm actually making a way for people to worship and I'm making it easier for them. And and I am serving, I'm, I'm doing all this, but I'm loving the Lord in the midst of that. And I think if we treated our life like that in general, everything that we do, we would do differently. Like that's where it is. Anything we do, whether it be word or deed, do it to the glory of God. That's, you know, I, I, I just keep saying it over and over again. Just focus on Jesus in all that we do. Let him be the number one focus. And all these other things will be added. So if you're a sound guy and you're focused on Jesus, you're going to be a good sound guy because your focus is, is in the right spot. And the spirit is not going to let you down. Mm-hmm. You know, and... uh and the Lord knows. The Lord knows what we have need of before we ask. The Lord knows, you know, what sound is what, however, you know, he knows all these things. I don't even know what sound, what a sound guy does, but, you know. I, but We don't do nothing. <laughs> what I'm saying is, regardless of what it is, let your main focus be Jesus, whether you're serving, you know, 
uh, while you're doing these things, you know, just have him on your mind. Uh, while, to me, worship is between you and Jesus. And whatever that looks like is between you and him. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with anybody else. So whatever it is that you do, do it. However it is that you do, do it to him. You know, do it to the Lord and and just worship him in in the way that you do. You know, and just be real, be truthful and and just give it to him. Give it to Jesus. Yep. Um, Adam Burton. And it's good to hear from you, brother Adam. Um, actually, I'd love to get Adam back on here one day as a call in guest and um, talk about how the conference went down that they had. And um, all that God's done. I know. I don't know if I heard a report from it yet. So, Adam, uh, let's get together sometimes. We'll. Uh, I'll shoot you a text, and we'll try to figure out a schedule that works. So you can come on, um, fifteen minutes or so one day, and just testify of what God did through that conference. Uh, uh, remember, we had brought him on, and he told us all about it. And it was over in the Highsville area. So I'd love to hear from you, Adam. It's always good to. But he says worship is a lifestyle, and I, I believe that. Like Amen. it's everything yep. we do. Yeah. And. If we do a part where um, worship's what I do on Sunday morning or worship's what I do when I listen to a worship song or worship's what I do whenever I take care of children in the nursery. If we if we try to say we're only worshiping in certain parts of our life, then we're really living a bipolar life because in a sense, like it's I'm one way here. It's it's I think it's not hypocrisy within itself. I believe, but it, I think it has the propensity to birth it. It because, is immaturity. Yes. In spiritual immaturity, you know, and it's, it's, you're learning because I wasn't always this way, but that's the way, you know, what he, what you just described, I was that way. You know, I was, I would worship like this or I would worship like that. But then on this way, this is the way I was. But the closer you get to him, the more you see him in every little aspect. So the closer you get to him, you'll see him in, in these different aspects of your life. But until you get to that point, you know, and he reveals these things to you, you know, that's how it says grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So there's a, you know, it's it's a it's a, a, a process that comes. It's not, you know, if you hear me saying these things, it's like, well, I just, that's not me. Well, there's a part of you that is, you know, and it grow, you know, yeah. focus. What, what little bit that you have, use it. You know, whatever talent that he's given you, use it. You know, if it, don't bury it. Don't, mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, just whatever it is that, that, that he has given you, even if it's the slightest thing, focus on that slightest thing and all that you do, and it will start to grow. And it'll, it'll, it'll pour over into another aspect of your life and pour over into another and pour over to another because the more you seek him, the more you find him. That's right. And if you're truly seeking him, he will fill you, and he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Yep. And would it change the way that you parent, and would it change the way that you treat your spouse if you saw both as an act of worship? Well, uh, Jesus, I, I, the only way I can explain this right here is Jesus has changed me, and in turn— through what he's done in me, I've become a better father. And, I, of course, 
this would be up to my wife, but I believe I'm a better husband too. Miss <laughs> Brittany, if you could text in and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, all of these things uh, is because of what he's done in me. And, and, and I don't think it's because of, I believe worship comes from the change inside. It allows us, it gives us the eyes to see the reason for worship. It gives us the drive to want to worship. You, you see what I'm saying? It's not in ourselves. It's because of him. Well, what is in worship? Us. Worship is literally giving him what he's worthy of. Yeah, which is everything. And so me being <laughs> the best father that I can possibly be is mm-hmm. worship unto him. Yep. Me being the best father, husband that I can be, it's he's worthy of me. He's worthy of me loving my wife like he's asked me to love my wife. He's worthy of me to love my children as he's asked, he's asked me to love my children. And can we grow in this always? Yes. But I think the thing we have to do in the church, and I'm going to, you say, you say you sound like a broken record. I'm going to go to my broken record, is we have to get back to where we do not have compartments of our life to where mm-hmm. we're one way one day yeah. and another way one day. And that's how we have people who will, honestly, this is how we fall victim to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw an example. I'm just around a random one. Raising our hands on Sunday and doing dirty business deals on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is because we worship on Sunday and then we're normal on Tuesday. Yeah. Normal should be worship. Yeah. And and that comes through the process of, of learning him. He said you said it right there. Uh, what is he worthy of? Well, in every minute, every second of every day, he has taken care of your needs. Mm-hmm. Every minute, every second, every breath of your entire life, he's focused on you. Why can't we return that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. that's a big deal for me to say, and it's easy to say those words. It's easier said than done. Yeah, but <laughs> but for sure. But when you come to that real, realization yeah. of that, uh-huh. then why not strive to yeah. give him every minute, every second, every breath be to him? That's right. Because he's given it to you. And man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the word is Jesus made flesh. We cannot live without Jesus. We have to have him. That's right. I think I like I like everything that, that in this conversation. And I think a practical way to like to um, for your marriage to bring glory to the Lord and worship the Lord through your marriage or through being a dad or a mom or. I mean, you're something to somebody. You're mm-hmm. a sister, brother. I mean, yeah. there, you ha- unless you're just off on an island by yourself, <laughs> you are something to somebody. I mean, yep. and so, <clears throat> and whatever employee you are, wh- whatever, whatever your life looks like, I think looking for Jesus in everything, like looking for him, I think that's a practical way to, to uh, stay focused on him, like Greg was talking about, yeah. is like, how do I see Jesus in this? How do I see, what is he speaking to me in this conversation right now? It's just a constant, like your mind is thinking of him. Yeah. He's on your mind always. Yeah. Like while we're, I'm having a conversation, he's still on my mind. Yeah. While I'm doing this, he's still on my mind. And then I think this, having your mind set on him and that's, you know, set yeah. your eyes on, you know, things that are above, like that's what that communion is. With him, he's always on your mind because we're always on his mind. Yeah, and this has come to me. I had a, I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass my child, so I'll just say one of my children uh, was going to go with me, and uh, one day, and I, he's in his closet, and 
Sorry. <laughs> I just messed that up. But anyway, which way, they were in the closet, and and I looked at them, and I was like, so what, uh, you know, why you dress like that? Because, you know, it's, you know, the temperature, you know, he's like, and they was, they was saying, well, I just, I found out they had some insecurities. Mm-hmm. And he and they they looked at me and uh, and they had they wasn't crying but the tear was going down their cheek on both sides and you know I I told them I said listen I said you are created in the image and likeness of God and I told them their full name I told them their I told them their full name. I said their full name. I said, you are created in the image and the likeness of God. And you are compared to nobody. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. And what you're experiencing right now is an attack from the enemy that's telling you that you don't look a certain way that you're supposed to. And that is a lie. You are made in the image and likeness of God. And you know, had I not been focused on, had had Christ not been my center focused, how would I have handled that? How would I, I you know, how would I have said that? How would I handle? I know how I know how the old me would have done it. Mm-hmm. I'd have just went in there and just, you know, been very hard and very uh, just mean about it. You know, and said, well, you just need to straighten up. That's that's just ridiculous. Don't be that way. You know. But uh, because Christ in me revealed to me an attack from the enemy on one of my children, you know, and I asked him, I said, Had I, have I said something that has made you think this way? No, 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 no. And all these different things is no. So the enemy come uh, after my one of my children, you know, and mm-hmm. I come back and I, I affirmed him. I affirmed my child that that they are created in the image and likeness of God, and they are compared to nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, and that I wouldn't have been able to do that had it not been for Christ in me. Yeah. You know, because that's not the way. That's not normal thinking for me. You know, mm-hmm. and that just I, I I give all the glory to God because He is training my son. He's training my child. And you know it's not me. He he's he's the one that's teaching. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And when we are focused on the Lord, and we're listening and being guided by Him, an act of worship is we are obeying. O- obedience is an act of worship. Yeah. I'm going to obey what you say because I love you and you're worthy of my obedience. But also an act of worship is he's so incredible, I want to point everybody to him. Yeah. So every conversation I want to bring back to him. Every every decision I want to bring back to him. If if I'm you know, if I'm win a UFC fight, I'm just doing something very exaggerated because I'm never winning a UFC fight. Um I don't like to be hit and I don't like to hit somebody. So I'm I'm I would just lose. Um I would just fall down in the middle of the mat and go, I lose. Uh I surrender. And but if I want it and I bring glory to Christ, that's an act of worship. I mean, it's if I win the Super Bowl, I'm not saying I'm going to that place with the world. I'm going to be with Jesus. Everything's got to come back to Jesus. And that's what it is like. 
Christianity is not an ornament on the Christmas tree that we're finishing off our life yeah. with. He is our center. He's everything. In him we move. In him we have our being. In him we live. And if we try to live with any other way, then we are worshiping something other than him. Yeah. And, I, you know, since since the Lord spoke those words <coughs> to, you know, to my child that day, I'm going to repeat those words to all my children, you know, uh, every day. They're going to hear that. <laughs> you know, it's going uh, it's going to be a broken record. They're going to hear it. They're going to hear their full name how they was created and that nothing can separate them from the love of God. And, uh, I've, that's, that was just so exciting to me. And, and I've already started that process and there, you know, cause I, that's one thing that's, that the Lord has done in me is, is made sure that these kids, if I, if I was to pass away and be gone, they are, they don't have to wonder if her daddy loved them, you know, because I tell them every day. And, uh, you know, and my little one, <laughs> she's five. I'll say, all right, come over here. Oh, not another hug, Dad. I'm like, yep, come on. Let's get, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and you know, I, I just, uh, you know, they children are a heritage of the Lord. They're not mine. They're his. They, they, he's given them to me. And I want to make for sure that I return them back the way that he gave them to me. You know, I don't want to bury my talent. You know, I don't want them to be buried in the world. Mm -hmm. So they may face things, you know, but he pulled me out whenever I wasn't looking for him. So if I can train them in the way they go, they'll know his voice to pull them out. Maybe they won't even go with the places I went. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And one of the greatest acts of worship we could ever do is be the best father and the best mother because if God has entrusted us with those amazing children then it's the least we can do is surrender them to him and say I give them to you and I will I parent from an act of worship in adoration of who you are but also in obedience to your word so I'm going to raise my kids in the admonition of the Lord as for me and my house we're going to worship the Lord and um, I'm going to love them like you loved me. I'm going to forgive them like you forgave me. I'm going to mm -hmm. have mercy and grace on them like you had mercy and grace on me. Now I'm going to chastise them like you chastised me. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to give them truth like yeah. you are because you are truth. Yeah. I'm going to give them life the best of I can ability because you give me life and life more abundantly. Like all these things, I'm laying myself down to say, I want to raise my kids in the most godly manner that is possible. And I want to see them thrive and mature in the spirit. And to me, that's worship. Like that's worship. Yeah. And and that's where I, I think I love the conversation that we had today because I think these conversations are necessary because you know what I think these conversations do? They set some people free from believing they're not worshipers. Yeah. And we've got to realize that you can be a Martha and still be a worshiper. I don't think it was Martha's activity that got her rebuked. It was her anxiety and her worrisome about it. And I don't even think Martha was rebuked. I think he was just rebuking the anxiety. Yeah. You know, that. I don't, I don't think he ever well, rebuked yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll surrender that to you. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Yeah. 
You one point for Greg. All right. I, <laughs> hey, I'm not in competition. Just kidding. I'm no, just I'm kidding. Not, I'm not in competition. Uh, it's just a kidding. Yeah. Um, but no, it is. Yeah. It, the the correction, the the encouragement. Yeah. He chastises those that he loved. You know, Was. if he didn't correct you, then he didn't love you. Yeah. You know, and I go back to Esau and Jacob. You know, he just Esau was blessed, but he never corrected Esau, and he went yeah. his own way. Whereas Jacob, I mean, yeah, over and over yeah. and over again, he really loved Jacob. Yep. You know, <laughs> we're gonna get ready to take a break here. We got yep. uh, Senator Steve Meredith is in the house. He's gonna come back here in a second, and we're gonna chat. I'm really excited about this conversation. A lot of good things. I know um, I'm wanting to kind of get some information out there about what's going on in some pretty major departments in the state of Kentucky that um, is important to me, and I know important to a lot of other people. Why? Because they're centered around children, just like yeah. we're talking about. And a lot of these children are in a lot of horrific situations, come from horrific situations. And we want to make sure that um, we want to see where they're going with the state of Kentucky in this and how we're going to help these kids in the right manner. Amen? Amen. Um, no, I'm going to. You're going to. Yeah. I'll you're going to go inspect? Yeah. Yeah. I got I got several to do today. I'm going to get after it. So. Well, we appreciate you coming on, brother love Greg. Everybody. Point one for Greg. All right. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. He's oh going <laughs> to. All right. Well, we, we'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All right. We are back in the house this morning, back in the studio. What a wonderful conversation we had with Brother Greg um, and Miss Hannah about worship. A great, great morning so far. We have with us um, Senator Steve Meredith. You've been in office now for, let's see here. Oh. This is my seventh year. Seventh year. Yep. It doesn't seem like it. Like it just seemed honestly just like yesterday. Do you no, stepped more, into it? Seems more like a million years to me. <laughs> yeah, I bet for you it does. Um, but you you was president mm-hmm. at Twin Lakes for a long time. Thirty years. Thirty years. Yes, sir. Do you miss that ever? It was a blessing to be there, but no, it was time to move on. Yeah. And yeah. I was very proud of what we accomplished there during my period, but. Uh, I've uh, always uh, dreamed of retiring at 59 and a half, and dear Lord bless me that I was able to do that in a different yeah. world, well, different time. Um, we thank you for all you've done for the community and uh, what you're continuing to do for the state. And, um, you know, I know we got some, I know I brought you on for a particular purpose to talk a little bit about your oversight into the committee of the DCBS and other areas like that. But before we go into that, like, um, just. How do you feel like the state of Kentucky is right now from somebody who's very involved behind the scenes in all the meetings and all that? Uh, how do you feel like we're doing it as a state? I feel good about where we are in Kentucky. Uh, it's a little bit disappointing that the governor takes so much credit for what we're, we are seeing right now in terms of the economic growth and development. Uh, the genesis of that really started back in uh, the Bevan administration mm-hmm. with legislation we passed at the time to make Kentucky a much more business-friendly state. and. That's why we're seeing this right now. we got some real challenges ahead of us. Um, I think this next budget cycle, which will be this coming January, will probably be the most challenging since I've been in, in Frankfurt because all this federal money that has flowed in because of COVID is not going to be there. And yeah. we're going to have to adjust to that. And that's going to take some real um, um, commitment and determination on folks' part yeah. to spend our money the right way. It's um, kind of a transition period. Sure. The biggest problem for Kentucky from a financial standpoint is our, our tax code. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, it's not very solid. Uh, this goes back years and years, and <laughs> yes, quite sir. simply, we've got 50% of the income in Kentucky that's been exempted from taxation over the years, many, many years. Mm-hmm. Then we've got 40% of our working-age adults that are not in the labor pool, so they're not contributing to the tax base, and many of those are drawing entitlement payments, so that leaves a very small percentage, very small percentage of people who are carrying the full tax burden for Kentucky, and who are those folks? It's our working families, and yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. That's why we started back in 2018 to transition away from income tax and go to a broader base of consumption Usage. tax, mm-hmm. sales tax, and that makes sense. It's the fairest tax. Everybody will have to, uh, to pay their fair share. Not interested in raising taxes for anybody, but I want to see a fair tax code, and this mm-hmm. is the way to do it. Again, if you got 50% of your income that's not gen, uh, exempted from taxation, that's not a fair tax system. So do you feel like we're still on the way in a pretty good manner for the income tax to be eliminated in, I think, what's the goal, five to six, seven years, roughly? feel very good about it. You know, we've already taken action that in January this next year, it'll drop another half the percentage point. So, so that'd be there, four. Yes. And so yeah, during my term in office, we reduced personal income tax by 33%. And mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that. But yeah, yeah I want to see it totally eliminated. And I think that's when we'll really see some strong, stronger economic yeah. growth for Kentucky. But the other big challenge is uh, the lack of uh, available labor to fill these jobs that we're creating. But I go back to the point I made earlier, about 40% of our working age adults are not in the labor force, and mm-hmm. we have to change that dynamic. Plus, we've got to grow our state. You know, we haven't grown. We compare ourselves to Indiana and Tennessee, and, uh, you know, after World War II, all three states were about the same in population. Now Indiana and Tennessee are double what we are, so we yeah. haven't seen the growth uh, for Kentucky that we should have. and. Um, this last census bears that out. We lost a lot of population in the western end of the state and the eastern end of the state, and it's kind of compressing our population towards the middle. So that challenge is still there, but I still feel good about Kentucky and where we are, but a lot will depend on the, the November election. Sure. And the state does have a lot to offer. I mean, I mean, it really does. We have a lot of natural resources, We have, or, or I'm sorry, like natural parks. We have a lot of things that tourists could come in. And it seems like over the past little bit, Kentucky has slid in some of that. And we've got to really beef it back up and get back in there and draw people in. And and having this income code will eliminate, will help generate more workers um, because a lot of people left the state because of the income tax. Because why not go somewhere right across the border, move an hour down the road, and you're not paying income tax at that point. Well, there's no place where there's a better example of that than in the uh, Hopkinsville, Clarksville, Tennessee area, mm-hmm. uh, home of Fort Campbell. Yeah. And literally, if you take an aerial view of, of that uh, part of our state, uh, Clarksville is, is booming economically. Yes, it is. Uh, Hopkinsville's starting to, but not to the degree that Clarksville have. And it goes down to when you retire from the military or leave the military and you want to stay in this area, you're going to go someplace where you got to pay 6% of your income uh, to the state or go to Tennessee where you don't pay any. Unless you're buying something at the store. That's, That's right. And, mm-hmm. um, I lived in Tennessee for about a year while I was in college. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, everybody I talked to down there said that was kind of a similar mm-hmm. thing. Like, we, we stay here because there's no income tax. Mm-hmm. Like, they... A lot of people move there from Kentucky. A lot of people move there from other thing areas because of their tax code. So I think, I know some people say, well, that's boring talking about. It's very important to the economic growth of the state and also bringing in what you're talking about, the labor field. Like it's it's a necessity at this point because you've got to give them incentives and you've got to bring in good labor to actually get jobs done and keep advancing. So. Well, folks, you know, when you talk about tax code, usually the first thing they say is uh, tax uh, corporations and rich people. Well, 
the rich people, except for rare instances, uh, didn't get there because they were lucky. It's because they're smart people. Mm -hmm. And um, most of the truly rich in Kentucky have homes in Tennessee and Florida where you don't pay personal income tax. So they're six months out of the year. So we're missing out on, on that talent pool as well. But one of the things I hope that we can do is maybe capitalize on what's happening nationally right now, and particularly out in California. Uh, I've suggested we need to have a human resources office in California to recruit people to come to Kentucky uh, because the cost of living is so much less. Uh, housing is uh, more affordable. And our values, are, I think, are more consistent with the true values of this country. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an, op, uh, an option for us to increase our population. Yeah. Well, let's move into this. Um, you have set as a oversight and led a committee in looking into um, particularly like the DCBS field and, and that kind of field that handles not just the foster care system and, and the adoption process, but you are looking over, handles the food stamps, handles the welfare system, everything like that. So um, what have you found over the last couple of years? What's concerning? What's positive? What's some direction you all are going in? How much time do we have? Uh, tw <laughs> we got 20, about 20 minutes. <laughs> we started this task force last summer, and it's made up of members of the Senate, members from the House, and uh, represent both parties. And we wanted to look at our Cabinet for Health and Family Services because it's the largest uh, in-state government, uh, almost 7,000 employees, and they handle between 30 and $50 billion in funding uh, every biannual. Mm -hmm. So just a huge cabinet, a lot of different departments. And it, we, we didn't go in it with the idea that the folks were doing a terrible job. We're just looking for the opportunity to increase efficiencies and to be more responsive to our constituents. And we hear a lot of uh, anecdotal stories about people who have struggled so much to uh, uh, deal with uh, the issues that you mentioned. So when we started the task force last summer, the first thing we realized is this is not a single-year proposition. Now, task force is only good for that one year. So the first recommendation we had was we have to continue this into the next year. And quite truthfully, I think it'll probably be a, a three to five year proposition. And last session, we just looked at the organizational structure of um, the cabinet and again, a huge cabinet, a lot of moving parts to it. You tell me how many people it was. Uh, close to 7,000 employees. 7,000. So what came out of that task force is 14 recommendations to move various pieces uh, around. And uh, as happens so often in Frankfurt, um, you don't get everything that you want. Mm -hmm. And some of the things I thought made just uh, common sense that we should do didn't make it to the finish line. But the one that was most impactful deals with the uh, collection of child support payments. Mm -hmm. We are $1.4 billion in arrears. And this is not a new situation. It goes back several years. As a matter of fact, in 2015, the Kentucky Association of uh, County Attorneys did a study on this matter. And they recognized there's a problem, and they recommended that we move it to the Attorney General's office to give it a little bit more uh, authority. So we uh, brush that one off and put it in our, our bill, and that's going to happen. We're going to do it in very stepwise fashion. Uh, it's not going to go into effect until July 2025, but that's just to give people time to um, prepare for it. And um, the County Attorney's Association asked that we put together a workforce with the Attorney General has agreed to do that involves them so they can see how to make this work on a practical matter. But again, $1.4 billion in arrear and child support payments. Yeah. Which that in practicality looks mm -hmm. like $1.4 $1. $1. billion is supposed to be helping 
mm-hmm. their children, helping their kids, giving mm-hmm. them clothes, mm-hmm. getting them food, getting them all this. Mm-hmm. And that turns into a big deal for the single mom who can't get their situation fixed or something of that regard. And, and so, I mean, some of these things, well, that's just child support. They don't affect me, but it does affect children. It does. And children mm-hmm. are a big deal. Well, I think the second uh, recommendation we had, and this was in Senate Bill 48, which passed this last session, was to look at our own legislative process with regard to this. We used to have a committee that was um, the um, Committee for Health and Family Services, and we realized that was too big as well. As we um, prepared legislation to consider each session, usually the issues related to families and, and children uh, were not considered priority issues for us, and uh, things that were health service related usually made it to the finish line first. You recognize that that doesn't work very well. Yeah. So we split that committee. Now I'm chair of health services, and that's on the Senate side, and Senator Danny Carroll is chair of the new family and services, family and children's services committee. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw the benefit of that this last session because we had several pieces of legislation that were passed that I knew wouldn't make it to the finish line if we had just tried to concentrate it under one committee. and. You know, people are always emailing me and say, we need a law for this, law for that, but they don't understand how complicated the process is. This last session, which was a 30-day session, our, our short session, we had over 900 bills that were filed, and I think we passed right at 180. Mm-hmm. So you stand about a 15% chance of getting a bill passed. And during my time there, I've seen even the, the best bill, non-controversial, non-partisan, take three to five years to get to the finish line because our bandwidth to get things done is so narrow. And, uh, again, splitting these functions into two different committees is going to help a lot and move us forward. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say um, – can I chase a squirrel just for a second, then we'll come back to this. Well, sir. Um, what do you say to younger people um, who see all these bills being passed? And they say, okay, so we, we're seeing all these bills passed, but – why do we always have to pass more bills? Why can't we just get stuff done? And I'm not saying mm-hmm. I agree with that premise. I just hear that a lot from mm-hmm. younger people. Like, it just seems like we pass bill and nothing ever really changes. Oh, I agree. And so how do we fix this? Like, how do we get in there mm-hmm. and actually start? Like, there's a part of it I see, and then I understand there's that logistical side, that that side we have to have things in writing, or if it goes to the Supreme Court or something like that in the state of Kentucky, it's mm-hmm. going to be knocked down because there's no law to enforce it. So how do we... How do we continue with how our government's set up, but it feel and we can actually see the repercussions coming in manifestation? Well, the states uh, specifically, again, during my seven sessions there, I think we've had maybe three that were really productive. And in those instances, we as a chamber recognized our top 10 priorities mm-hmm. and focused on those. Uh, this last session, we did not do that. I don't know why the decision made we wouldn't establish a priority list, so it was kind of free-for-all. And you look at the session, it was pretty much uh, that way. You know, My first uh, year in Frankfurt, I was limiting about the number of bills that were filed because it's a ridiculous number. And we were passing a bill that really didn't have a whole lot of merit to it. And I'm complaining to my seatmate, who was Senator Judy Rocky Adams at that time, and she's listening very politely to me. And she says, uh, I hear you, Steve, but... Uh, got 138 legislators, and every bill they file is important to somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the problem is what's the most important issue? 
with whoever you're talking to at that particular yeah. moment. And yeah. uh, again, I think as a chamber, if we took the time to meet and identify those top 10 priorities and focus on those, we could be a much more effective legislature. But when we do that, it has a tendency to kind of hem in your um, agenda for the session as well. And some folks don't like that kind of structure. Sure. I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> then we can actually, we can move forward. Because that should be everybody's can, intent is to keep moving forward. And keep well, my pressing. biggest disappointment in my seven years that I've been there is the biggest issue facing Kentucky is poverty. Uh -huh. and we've known it for years. And I wish we would tackle it with the same veracity and, and same focus that we did with the COVID uh, pandemic. We should, because the, the implications of poverty are every bit as, as, as bad as what we saw with COVID, if not worse. Yeah. But we don't have a centralized policy uh, effort to do that. It's just kind of, let's throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. And that's not a good approach. So again, I yeah. wish the number one pro um, focus of our legislature would be Let's tackle poverty. Could you give me an example uh, for that the listeners could hear and say, all right, so what we talk about poverty, but sometimes people don't understand exactly the impact of poverty on the state of Kentucky. Like, can you give me one example of the things you've seen traveling across the state and being with people? And well, I think one of the most blatant examples of it is you look at our Medicaid program, which mm -hmm. is certainly a needed program for, for families. Uh, when I came to the Senate in 2017 was my first session, and our Medicaid budget at that time was $10 billion and covered 1.3 million people. And I said, that's as large as that ever should be. If we're focused on improving... How many people did you say? 1.3 million. So that's almost half. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. What would that be in the state of Kentucky population? Uh, right about 35%, I, I think, at the time. And you, you roll it forward to this year, and uh, we have 1.7 million people on Medicaid in a $15 billion Medicaid budget. And I say again, there's enough money in the system already to take care of every man, woman, child uh, that we should be responsible for, but we don't spend it in, in a very judicious fashion. So and I've said, I think the success of any governor, whether you're Republican or Democrat, should be how many people do you have on medical assistance? Because mm. we want to get them back to gainful employment you know, and give them a, a, a careers that they can build upon, and that helps their families more than anything. Yeah. But the other indicator is the number of, uh, I think, children that are being raised by grandparents today. It's tragic. Wow. And we've left our children behind, and I think that's a direct result of poverty that we have to wrap our arms around, and there are solutions out there. Mm -hmm. And we should be setting metrics for ourselves where we're measuring this, that every session we know we've made some progress in it. But again, going from 1.3 million people on Medicaid to 1.7, that's not a measure of success. Yeah. <clears throat> that shows a downward turn that more people's relying on, honestly, mm -hmm. welfare in a sense. Like, I don't want to call it welfare, but you know what I'm talking it's about. It's entitlement it's like, payments. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I heard a story and I, I shared a little bit with you about, you know, we're in the middle of the adoption process. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I probably would not wish this process on my worst enemy. I wouldn't either. I um, commend you. <laughs> it's best. I have a couple extra gray hairs from it. I know I'm that for sure. Uh, but I heard a story in the midst of this process because I've got to talk to a lot of great people. I've, I've met so many great social workers in the last year that is stressed beyond max. They're just, I mean, they're, their hair's falling out. They're just trying their hardest to survive, trying their hardest to get through all the red tape, trying their hardest. I, I met one. Um, she was one of mine and she had just come on board and I mean, she was fired up. 
She was going to help every kid in the state. She was going to do this till she retires. She's fresh out of school. I mean, she is hung go. And within six months, she had quit. Well, the system will consume you. It truly will. <clears throat> we have a bureaucracy that's second to none. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was I felt for her because I feel her passion. And then I felt it just ripped out from her. But I heard a story in the midst of all this of a woman. And um, she had had a baby. And it was taken. And it was that baby was adopted. She had another one. Same story. Another one. And see, this family is getting all of these kids. Because when President Trump signed that law, the state has to do every single thing within its power to keep kids together with siblings. Which I think is a good thing. Sure, I really is. do think it's because I think it's important. That's why we're adopting four siblings and, mm-hmm. and adding made our family seven is because I think it is important to keep siblings together. But this woman was approached like, if you keep having babies, I don't know if I can keep saying yes because I had a relationship with this woman at this point. And you know what the woman's response was? As long as I keep getting paid to have babies, I'll keep having babies. Well, to that end, our task force this summer is going to focus more on the operational aspects of the cabinet and specifically DCBS, which you mentioned earlier, the Department of Community-Based Services, because we know that's where some of the biggest struggles are. And this is not going to be an easy proposition, as I mentioned earlier. It's going to be a, a long-term effort, but at least we're trying to address the situation and improve it for everyone. But again, it goes back to uh, the poverty issue is why would a person view that situation as an income stream for themselves instead yep. of gainful employment. And we've got to change that whole um, uh, dynamic for Kentucky. Yeah, and that to me is one of the, that's one of the things that hurt the state so much is just how many people have learned to rely on the system, depend on the system, abuse the system. And um, I know it's such a big situation. You can't chase every one of them down. You can't always find every one of them that's doing it. Mm. But I applaud people like yourself who's willing to get in there and say, how can we fix this? Instead of kicking the can down the road, instead of kept saying, well, maybe somebody else will. Or eventually the system will crash and we'll just have to rebuild it anyways or something in that regard. Well, that is a strategy uh, yeah. in terms of letting it crash. But you know, I think we're going to have to do something that's uh, kind of seismic in nature. I wish in a perfect world that we tell kids that are in school now that when you graduate from high school, the, the uh, entitlement system that you know will no longer exist. Yeah. that we're going to use this time to prepare you for gainful employment and make sure that you have a, a, a path forward. Now, people make mistakes in life. We all know that. We sure. need to be there for them. But I think that should be a one-time proposition that if uh, you graduate from high school, college, and uh, you struggle in some fashion, uh, then we say to them, okay, we're going to give you four years mm-hmm. to help you get your life back together. That's education, housing, food, whatever we need to do to get you where you need to be. But this is a one-time deal yeah instead of a way of life for so many people yeah Hannah, do you have any questions i'm just learning learning a lot today <laughs> um and so i i know we're running out of time and I'm, i'll let you have kind of closing thoughts and whatever you want to say but i want to make one statement to you and um, we go way back you put up with me when i was really young and um there's two things i really wanted to tell you face to face that i appreciate out of you I, I never forgot the time in basketball practices that you did not just coach us, but you actually got out there and you played with us. You, you, you We used to do that three-point knockout, and you were in there. I always loved that. I, I never I never forget that. Like, I don't know why. It's always my – and even when I coached basketball, 
I remembered you coaching me in AAU. Well, thank you. I appreciate and that. It was I've had I had coaches that just sit on the sideline and didn't do anything, and I felt like. I, I could feel the love and the support you had for the kids coaching. And I always appreciate that out of you. And I want to tell you that. But the second thing, too, is at the National Day of Prayer, um, you, um, Representative Josh Calway, and Judge Executive Lucas spoke at, and prayed. I could not express the depth of honor and appreciation I have for you three because out of three people who are in public office, not one of you made a political statement. Well... I'll tell you my journey. As I said, I retired in 2013, 59 and a half. My wife was still teaching school, and I was enjoying retirement immensely. You know, both my sons are grown, and mm-hmm. uh, I was home with my two Labrador retrievers, having a great time, but kind of felt like having a rock in my shoe. Just something just didn't feel right. I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. And my wife, Karen, who you know, uh, she's not a political person mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And we'd heard a sermon back in 2016 about the different way God speaks to you that's not as direct as we would like it sometimes. And Karen was one that said that you need to run for this office. My first reaction was, no, I've been in the public's life uh, my whole life, and I'm pretty good at this retirement thing. kind of comes natural to me. But over the next six, seven weeks, she kept saying, you need to run for this office. So I figured God's sending the message through her because I'm not a real good listener. And I understand and appreciate that I'm there solely by the will and grace of God. And it's such a blessing. And old guys like Morris Lucas and Josh Calloway, that uh, they are not uh, just good uh, public servants, but they're great friends, and uh, they're an inspiration to me as well. Yeah. I just appreciate because you a National Day of Prayer has it's – a, it's a federal holiday basically at this point. Like not a holiday where people get off banks, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 it's in there. Well, maybe it should be because, you know, back uh, in the early days of this country, uh, they used to start Congress with a National Day of Prayer. And quite truthfully, it was a day of fasting. Yes, Everybody did that. Uh, the Capitol was actually a church for a while. Yes, and people forget that history. Yes, but to think that the, our, our future is not founded on the, the, the principles of, 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 of religion, it's so misguided. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, closing thoughts. Got about two minutes where we wrap up. Well, I always appreciate the opportunity to serve the people in this district. You know, through redistricting, I lost uh, three of my six counties, lost uh, LaRue, Hart, and Emerson County, and great people there. But the Lord blessed me with picking up Butler and Ohio County. Mm-hmm. So I now have Butler, Ohio County, Grayson, Breckenridge, and, and Meade County. And couldn't ask for a better district. And folks uh, are some of the, the, the best in this world. And it's just a blessing to be there and have the opportunity to represent them. Amen. Well, thank you so much for doing what you do. Um, do you care if I pray for you before we get on? I, I wish you would. I'd appreciate right. that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Lord, we just thank you for Senator Merritt. We thank you for, um, for for putting godly men in places of influence and places of authority, Lord. And we just ask you to guide him, to direct him, to use him for your glory, that he may have wisdom as he leads this um, and really helps facilitate this charge in trying to help our children and help our kids and help our families and help our health system in the state of Kentucky. We ask you for divine wisdom. We ask you for strategies, Lord. And Lord, we even ask you, Father, that you would help those in office all across the state of Kentucky to learn to have a common goal, and that is to advance and to improve the life here in this state, Father. We thank you for positioning people in the right places, and we ask you to bless them, bless his family, continue to bless them, Lord, as I know you already have and you continue to do, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you Thank very you much again, for Brother me. Steve, for coming on. Um, mine. Hannah, always a joy. 
Um, we're out of here for this morning. We'll be back 7 a.m. Central Time tomorrow morning here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.